Welcome back to DMnastics, the gym for dungeon masters to work out their minds. I'm one of your hosts, DM Neil, aka Joke Maniac, and I have a super special guest that I'm extremely excited is back with us, but I'll let them introduce themselves. Hey, I'm Lou Anders. I am the author of the Thrones and Bones series of fantasy adventure books for 8 to 12 year olds, or for 8 to 60 year olds, I like to say, and I am very glad to be back here once again. Yes, and I... I want to say again that I know that that's like your target audience, but as you well know, Lou, everyone here at the Dungeon Masters Block really enjoys your books. So, one, it could be a great thing to read with your kids, or let's be honest, just read it yourself. Go get a copy and read read it for yourself. Thank you. If I, if I can, uh, it, it, it's funny because the book three is just coming out in Brazil uh, right mm. now, and I found out that I've been published as an adult fantasy author in Brazil. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> it, it literally can translate to an adult fantasy book. Awesome. So we're going to tie back to episode number 138, Sports and Games, that featured, surprise, Lou Anders. And we're going to tie back to DMnastics number 113, Score a Goal Unit Basket. And... As I like to do, usually our titles have something to do with some pop culture reference, and that is a comedian named Brian Regan, who talks about how little he knows about sports, and when he goes to a sporting event, that's what he shouts. Go, my favorite team, score a goal unit basket. So, there you go. But we'll start out. Lou, did you have one from the forums that you wanted to kind of showcase a little bit? Yeah, I actually, I read them all, and uh, I went, I love the first one. From nice. a May Ribson or Marib Maribson or yep. Me Ribsons. <laughs> I don't know how to pronounce that, but the thing was great. This is the Great Coast Games of Fantasy Olympics. And it's uh, six events spread out of a week, 30 events held over three months. He had barrel rolls, deep diving, horse racing, long jumping, marathons, rock climbing. Then he included things like archery, boxing. Something called a chaotic melee, where people have dull weapons and throw them into arena. Tug of wars, mage duels. And, and then to top it all off, he created what looks like a board game for the Olympics. And you know I love fantasy board games. So he created something called Swords and Shields, his take on yep. fantasy chess. Played with two to four players on a 10 by 10 board, having 20 pieces. 18 are called swords, two are called shields. You can move four pieces a turn, one a square. They interact like chess pawns, except they move in any direction. You surround your opponent with your swords or get both of your shields across to where your opponent's side of the board. Shields cannot be taken out like swords, but neither can they make can they take out pieces. And he ties it in with the history, saying it's uh, it's based on a fictitious four-way war between four different city-states. So I love that. The game actually has some history behind it, like a lot of the real board games. So mm -hmm. that guy has, or that girl, or that person, or that that Marib son, that's my number, <laughs> completely. Yes, that and the board is set up like you. I mean, theoretically, you could build it if you wanted to and have custom pieces ready to go and start playing Swords and Shields right now in your home game. I mean, and the other thing is, I also love how big and small you can make that origin you know because he's talking about city states it could just be you know in legendary warring tribes 
in your world. You know, and so I think having that seed of the historical reference and being able to kind of make that seed be whatever you want it to be and how it works best in your world. So I love this one as well. For mine, I'm going to shout one out real quick and then I'll go to the one I want to highlight a little bit more. The one I want to shout out super fast is Rudolph because it sounds like they made magic in D&D. Because you have two mages who battle, and it's called Conjurer's Chess. And the two summoned creatures fight each other, and you get points, and the first person to get 20 points. And I'm like, this is magic in D&D. Well done, Rudolph. So thank you for that. The other one I want to highlight real quick is Earth Wizard. Because for whatever reason... It invoked like all of the competitive shows I remember from my childhood, like um, Legend of the Hidden Temple, uh, Global Guts. It also made me think of like the old school American Gladiator. And then the culmination is the movie Heavyweights, where all the kids go to uh, camp for overweight children and Ben Stiller is there. And if you haven't watched that movie, please watch it. (laughs) But essentially, it's teams of three pitted against each other in, like I said, a very obstacle style course but and on its on its face like you would think well that's going to limit what the thief can do that's going to limit what the mage can do but you can essentially steal things from other teams so that's where you start to get in like the magic abilities and the thieving and all of that stuff to kind of factor in and be helpful so i really really like that one from earth wizard i have to go back and say the fantasy olympics is also a great setting for a campaign. There's no reason you can't have the Olympics have all kinds of politics in it, different countries. Maybe some of them are at war or about to be at war or fighting a war by proxy through a third country. And now their athletes have shown up to compete. So, you know, it's like World War II when the Nazis played in the, in the mm-hmm. Summer Olympics. There can be all kinds of spying and espionage going on between the teams, between the games. You can have all kinds of rivalries spill over. That could be, that could be an entire, an entire uh, season of play there. Well, yeah, especially if you have the lead in, you know, and with like trying to have the town be ready and like to facilitate the just even the concept. And I know that, and I say that knowing it's a difficulty that a lot of towns face who get selected to have the Olympics in their town and in their country is just like. We literally have to build the infrastructure to accommodate this many people from this many like different different countries to come here. Yeah, and magic. Always throwing in magic. Dragon attacks. No yep. wait, he just wants to ref the soccer game. <laughs> oh, <laughs> an ancient red in like a, a black and white striped shirt and a whistle. Exactly. Closet sports fan. That is awesome. Okay. So we've got those out of the way, but that means that, Lou, you and I could lift the mental weights right now. Lifting weights is what I do. Look at me. Lift these weights. That means as mind-wracking as it will be, are you ready to create a game together? Yes. Okay. So I always put like the name of things first, but I always realize that it in a lot of ways that's difficult to do if you don't know what the game is. I mean, if you had like a crazy name, we could build off of it. But let's start with number two and the question of how many teams and what size. Why don't we go with four teams of three players each? Okay, I'm in four by three. And I'm even going to write this down. 
So we've got four teams of three. What equipment are they using during this game? Because it could be, you know, it could be anything from, you know, from board game to like cross country trek. I mean, you know, everything's out there on the table for us. Yeah, I'm thinking about mage hands and boomerangs. That's amazing. I have, <laughs> I'm so excited. So we've got mage hands and boomerangs. Okay. How is scoring achieved? The easiest is you have to put the boomerang through a hoop, but that's boring. Maybe maybe there are uh, like colored bottles or something aligned around the edges of a circular field, and the boomerangs have to knock them off. So where my head's going right now is the the competitive shooting kind of things that I've seen on, you know, on TV and online, like, you know, or the classic stuff in movies of like, they're in the scenario and, you know, like the cardboard cutouts pop up and like, no, you don't hit the townsperson. You're supposed to hit the orc behind them. And so we have three, three players. One definitely has to be using mage hand. One has to be using a boomerang. What would our third player do to essentially be like this strike force going through what would be like, because that's what I see in my head almost is like a, like a SWAT course that they have to run through using only mage hands and boomerangs. The third one has to distract the bulls. Done. I like it. So, so at this point we've got like a, a wizard, a ranger, and a thief or a fighter of some sort. All involved in this like SWAT. Oh, I, well, if you think about it, it is almost like a. It almost feels like a SWAT game now that we're thinking about it because if you have the one person, the two people who are kind of going through, but the one person who is literally kind of controlling the the situation and like trying to defuse it, and you know, and so you have bulls who could be people who could be other monsters and things like that that run at them that they have to defuse that situation. Oh, I like it. Um, how does the game end? I mean, if we go back to the idea that it's a structured course, I mean, it's just, it could be for time rather than necessarily uh, time and score rather than, you know, in some arbitrary, you know, in arbitrary or less arbitrary end. It's just, you go through the course and then you're rated on how well you did. If it's, if it's an obstacle course, then this is, this is, this is, this is <laughs> Faerunian Ninja. Um, <gasps> I'm in. I think that's amazing. Oh, you're the best team. You need to head to Mount Midoriyama. <laughs> yes, I've watched a lot of that show. I watched a lot of that show when it was only dubbed hilariously um, on like TNT back in the day. Um, so are there any other rules, strategies, or commentary? Rules, strategy, or commentary. First off... I don't know that anyone on the forums did it, but I would love the idea of having commentary while it's happening. Like, you know, and you have like the, you know, sportscasters and, and things like that, like that be a really big piece of this specific one. Well, you see here, Colin, he's doing a great job. Well, I've never seen Mage Hand used like that before. Um, so I think commentary is an absolute necessity for whatever we end up calling this. Can the commentators be cobalt? Yes, 100%. <laughs> well, I mean, if we have a referee who's a re ancient red dragon, I mean... Oh, we're keeping that, all right. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> that, things will not get out of line, you, or you will die. I wonder, 
I mean, I think that the the rules that we kind of have are like a very set structure of what you can and can't use. You know, I mean, if you have a mage there and they're using mage hand to help like essentially guide this boomerang where it needs to go and you're know, essentially having a regulation boomerang and then what's used by the, the third person to help like subdue the situation. So I think there'd be pretty strict rules on what you can and can't use unless you can get away with it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Okay. How long has this game existed? I think this is very new. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? Interesting. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if it's based on the idea of you know, like some sort of SWAT-style defensive force, then you know, it has to be a fairly structured civilization that would even have that to then have games based off of that. So, yes, I also like the idea that it is very new. What is a contest of historic proportions and why? So essentially like the the game or the, the run that everyone talks about. Well, that would have been when the Red Dragon showed up to adjudicate. I'm trying to think of, I'm trying to think of like a, a, what would be, or I guess this would kind of go along the same lines. What would be a team of three that just came in and just killed it? You know, and just did the best that anyone can ever remember. But I also love the idea that they are standout-ish, or they can stand out as also being there's very odd races working together to complete this. The half-orc, the half-elf, and the half-ling. Done. I love it. And they call themselves the haves and haves have-nots? The one-and-a-halfers. Done. The one-and-a-halfers. And they were, yeah, and they were the best. Because they were, they were the perfect mix of all the races together to finally defeat the course. We have not yet named it, but we have most everything else. What could we possibly name this insanity? Multi-bull. Multi-bull? Oh, multi-bull. I don't know what the circumstances are, but sometimes they throw open the gates and multiple bulls flood the course. Ooh, that could be penalties. Like if you... If you accidentally like hit the wrong mark or you do, you know, and use mage hand inappropriately, that essentially more bulls are released or, you know, vice versa. Like if you do something wrong with the bulls, more targets are coming up. Oh, I like penalties. I forgot about those. (laughs) So is there anything else that we want to add into this insanity again? Wow. I like pits that open up in the floor periodically. Oh, totally. Oh, It could be like a dungeon run. Mm. That makes the most sense for the structure of it. And that kind of goes back to an interesting idea. And unfortunately, I don't remember which forum user posted it. But I really like folding it in here where the new course is set up by the best team from the previous year or previous season or whatever. And so then the the winners are the ones that will set up the new course to have people try and tackle. So I also, ooh, I also like that the concept of like the one and a halves creating a course that couldn't be defeated for several years. Like they just stood on top, like essentially were the top team for five years because no one could figure out how to beat their course. <laughs> they made the Kobayashi Maru uh, of courses. So a player named Tiberius. Yep. Just showed up, destroyed it. Knocked down all the walls. <laughs> I'll just go outside the course. Perfect. I think we've done it. We have made multi-bull and 
I will definitely get this all drafted up and put it back onto the forums so you can go check that out and maybe add that to your game. But I have one more question, the most important question. Where can people go to find you on the internet? Well, they can find me on Facebook at, as myself, as Lou Anders. Also, there's a Thrones and Bones site on Facebook. I'm on Twitter at Lou Anders again. And I am on lots of other social media platforms, but those team seem to be the two that I am most visible on. Yes, and definitely keep an eye out because Lou is always working on something. If anything, you can watch his Twitter and be either motivated or sad that you can't write quite as much as he does. Because <laughs> I see those numbers and I'm like, man, I don't know if I could do that. That's why Lou's doing it and not me. <laughs> And if you want to get a hold of us and let us know about the game that maybe you made in your campaign or how you used one of the games you've heard about here, you can always email us at dmnastics at gmail.com or head over to Twitter where you can follow us at dmnastics and you get it all the, the hosts. Twitter handles are there. And for everything else on our network, you can go to blockpartypodcastnetwork.com. Rather than let these mental gains go to waste, let's head to Taking Your Supplements. Taking Your Supplements. Today on Taking Your Supplements, I am not alone. I'm rarely alone. I'm You're never rarely alone. alone. I'm always yes. here with you in spirit. Yay, it's creepy. But <laughs> Josh, a.k.a. Three-Eyed Sloth, is here. And he's going to help me with this taking your supplements. I'm the and pharmacist that has to make sure that you take the appropriate amount of supplements and not do something inappropriate with them i don't know i lost track of where that thing was going too much (laughs) pre-workout and i'm gonna let him take this one because he has a great supplement to share yeah so i wanted to talk about a thing that is very near and dear to my heart there is a book that came out a few years ago uh it was actually a kickstarter for a supplement uh for the game dungeon world the book is called the last days of angle kite and to give a little backstory on this, it's written by a couple of people that essentially the game was originally, or it's a setting, uh, I should say. Uh, Last Days of Anglekite is all about this this custom setting. It's very post-apocalyptic set in, in using the dungeon world system, uh, still fantasy setting and all that. But the idea was that this was originally written to be used in a long con game. So for those unfamiliar with long cons, uh, basically if you had a game that with like 15 plus people in it, that had like three GMs total all running different tables over the course of multiple sessions, all running essentially the same game, but different characters and all contributing to different impacts on the world. And then it all culminates in some big epic thing, you know, at the end. That's kind of what a long con is. So this this setting was originally designed to be that. It was like the master or, you know, mind the behind all this kind of had this idea that he wanted to use. And after running this, like he had the idea of converting it into an actual campaign setting book and releasing it. So Last Days of Engelkite, it's all about, it's got a lot of different themes, but it's all about, you know, the end of the world has kind of already happened. And there's like this tiny little pocket of civilization that remains inside this crater. Uh, and there's all sorts of horrible, horrible things that are either lurking on the edges of civilization or even within. Um, and there's a lot of neat ideas for people that want to run a game, but don't necessarily want like a pre-written adventure because it's not like a adventure path or a module or anything like that. Like, it doesn't tell you what to do. It just says, here's a whole bunch of threats. Here's a whole bunch of, like, you know, enemy fronts and, like, plots and twists and stuff. 
And it's like totally up to the GM to do whatever they want with it. Like they can totally take it in all sorts of directions. Like maybe there's an ancient artifact that they have to reassemble um, based on like various cult, you know, pieces and stuff that will stop some horrible, unspeakable uh, monster from reawakening, destroying the rest of the world. Maybe there's some uh, chaos, you know, being from another dimension that's like threatening to tear reality apart. Maybe there's like this ancient uh, undead city where a lich rules over and he's got this powerful artifact that he uses to kind of rule over everybody. And maybe there's something that maybe you are going to stop him or maybe you're going to bargain with him and negotiate because he's like a actual political ruler, you know, not just some mindless lich. So a lot of cool stuff like that. Uh, so I highly recommend, like, even if you're not running Dungeon World, if you just like want a cool campaign setting or just some kind of different take on fantasy role-playing or whatever, uh, and would like some inspiration. Like, I highly recommend checking out The Last Days of Anglekite. That's my rambling done for the day. Awesome. That was a long elevator pitch, but sometimes <laughs> you're in very tall buildings. And elevators move very slow. Yes. So, I think it's awesome, and the only thing stuck in my head is, like, Attack on Titan. It totally right. makes me think, like, I had a lot of different ideas and seeing a setting that, you know, even more medieval fantasy-style Attack on Titan, I mean, is something you could definitely do. If you look at the art, like, there's actually a lot of art that maybe invokes that in some ways. Like, it's really cool. Oh, that's awesome. Also... I don't know what I thought a long con was, but I don't think it was what in my head. It wasn't what you described. And that's, <laughs> that's too funny. That's uh, <laughs> where you steal the money from your players. Slowly, right. Yeah. <laughs> but surely, but I think it is a fantastic supplement. Where could people go to find it? Do you think it is published by magpie games? So they're, they picked it up and released it. So if you go to their website, if you go to magpiegames.com, uh, you could easily order from them or check out your local game store because they absolutely are able to stock it and carry it and support local. Thumbs up. That's what I say. That is a great thumbs up. Also, Magpie is awesome. And you yes. should just go buy all kinds of stuff from them and definitely go find and purchase one way or another the last days of Engelkite. So with that, let's turn out the lights and head out of the gym. Above all that, I want to implore you, the listener, to join up on our forums and take part in these challenges and exercises, as well as all of the other amazing conversations being had. To do that, head over to dungeonmastersblock.freeforums.net and try some gymnastics so your players don't ask, do you even lift? Can I trust you will add your own cardio? Yeah, no, don't put me down for cardio. What are you doing? Horizontal running. <laughs>